All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. It's after 3 o'clock. How are you? Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440, live on Oilers Nation YouTube. The Greger Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And uh, hey, remember... Get in the game if you haven't tried it. To can sign up today. Use the uh, promo code Sports Fifty and you get a fifty dollar free bet right now at PlayAlberta.ca. I am Jason Greger. As uh, we welcome in to the studio our uh, regular uh, Tuesday co-host, uh, who is a first round selection in the NHL entry draft, a uh, former player, former uh, GM and coach in the uh, AJHL. Also, uh, according to uh, Bill Guerin, could be uh, a little bit frugal at uh, times. Sean Brown joins us. Brownie, how you doing? <laughs> I'm never going to shake that. Hey? I, I, I just, the best, but it was such a drive-by out of nowhere. Like, yeah. just here you are, you know, there celebrating Doug Wade, and all of a sudden, yeah. Garrett just throwing bombs. And, and I haven't seen him in, like, <laughs> 10 years. Well, that's when you know he must yeah. like you. <laughs> you must have made an yeah. impression. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. You know what? I, I don't know how I got that, and I'm trying to think. You know what? When I came in the pro hockey, obviously, it's new. You, yeah, you yeah. don't. I never had money before. Right. You know how I got it? I was in a bar and <laughs> I was with another, we were there as a team and I was okay. standing beside another guy and I bought him a beer and I bought myself a beer. Okay. And I didn't understand or realize that you're, you buy everyone a beer. Oh. Right. Okay. And oh, it, so you only bought the two. I guys. bought a couple beers and it was like, Hey, no, you, you buy everyone a beer. Right. Oh. And it just. That's a, you know, it's a rookie move. So, but you learn quick. Exactly. Yeah. I, I never had money before. I mean, I, Hey, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a guy that, you know, spends a lot of money. I, I am aware of, you know, money and how I spend it. Sure. Uh, but 
I, I thought it was a little unnecessary, and it just a couple guys took it and they ran with it. Oh and here God, I am. yeah, it's all it was all over. So it was, uh, but he wasn't just you. He included George in it too. And, oh, uh, he he. Uh, if anyone, I can take it. Yeah, it's fine by me. Georgie, I can laugh. He was he was joke. <laughs> he called me the next day, and he's like, "Hey, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe you know because he, he bought." Uh, Doug Waits, uh, he had a Viper, Viper or something yeah, like that. For 40 so, grand. So he was trying to justify but because like, he bought a Viper. Yeah, because, Big deal. He, because you made a bad decision on a car <laughs> doesn't mean you're not tight to share money with your buddies. Absolutely. Dude, dude, so that's yeah. like saying, hey, you know what? The, the, the Oilers' power yeah. play sucks, but it doesn't matter because they can't play defense. No, they both matter. They're yeah. just very different. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, whatever. I'll have to take it. And, so yeah. I have to ask you as a defenseman, when you watch the Oilers, what? What are you like last night? It was just like shoot a rama from the slot, right? Like they yeah. get, and we've seen it some games, they're giving it up with a rush. What are you seeing defensively, specifically in the slot, that's allowed? Like, why are teams able to exploit the slot so easily? I'm not 100% sure. I mean, when I was watching it last night, I'm watching and I'm like, there's just some simple plays, like just. Even off of one face-offs, right? Face-offs yeah. are obviously hard to win, sure, right? And that's your best opportunity to get some, you know, your structure and probably get a, a clean exit. But when I watch some of their, you know, some of the basic plays and and like I said, off of face-offs, I'm watch some of the execution, whether it's just a D to D, you know, where you know your partner's a lefty and a righty, maybe it's a, an indirect or a direct pass. Like we're missing that pass yeah. and we're rimming it, and it's just there's subtle little things. But instead of getting out of your zone and five, 10 seconds, we're now hemmed in our zone for 40 seconds. Right. And, and that's, what's kind of costing us right now. But when you, when you look at the slot, it's, I mean, is it, there's different times. I mean, one of the harder things to defend is, is obviously when an, uh, an, an offensive team is, is got some offensive pressure and then they change. And now you got a guy coming off the bench. That's always a little tricky. Who's got the guy coming off the bench. I've noticed they got caught a few times on that. Um, you know, and it's just a defenseman's uh, awareness of where that guy is in the slot and, you know, positioning yourself, you know, where you can defend him. You're in the shooting lane, but you can also be aware of what's going on in the corner, because if there is a breakdown, ultimately, you're the guy that's going to have to defend the breakdown, which is usually a two on one. So it's it's never I got my guy and, and that's it. You're kind of playing off guys and you're you're making certain reads. And then obviously you have your wingers that are kind of sagging down low that are also helping you with that coverage but um you know we're just it seems like we're probably a a foot or two away from you know maybe where we should be and then we're also not in a lane where now if he gets it it's you know it's it's a quality shot so the foot or two and then the fact that we're not in a lane to to actually block the shot is something that seems to be a struggle right now so i love how the word you use is execution right like the, the coach can't make you pass the puck. He can't, right? Like, if you're going to put a puck on the tape, it's up to the player. That's why you're in the NHL. You've got yeah. the skill to – you don't make it to the NHL for the – or at least stay in the NHL if you can't pass the puck, especially today, right? Back in the day, you know what? You could be a D-man who just fired off the boards and out because they were like, well, we don't care. We just want you to do that and then defend. Not so much today. Nowadays, they want you to move the puck. And so I get that lack of confidence can play a big factor. Like, I look at Connor McDavid, and I watch Connor McDavid for the last two weeks – 
And then after he scored that goal last night, all of a sudden Connor McDavid looked like Connor McDavid again. Like to draw the penalty killed, everybody watched the power play. I'm sorry, the penalty shot. He's coming back in his own. He sees all of a sudden the open lane, quick little button hook. Explodes up the boards, blows by the guy, which we've seen McDavid do for five years, and draws the uh, penalty shot and then scores. And the, and the penalty shot itself, he comes in all sorts of confidence, quick shot, right? Goalie had no chance, didn't look like he even moved. And you're like, that's a McDavid. So I get that confidence is a factor because clearly, because people are like, oh, he looks slow, he's hurt. Did he look slow after he scored the goal? No, like confidence is a real thing. He was the way he started and the way they started. I thought, wow, this is going to be their game. They're going to turn it around. Like you said, he was he was moving. He was outstanding on. I mean, the goal itself, obviously. I mean, there's there's only a few guys in the league that can score that. Um, you know, and then the move he made on Ekblad coming out of the corner there in the spin that that was vintage. That's the McDavid that we're all used to seeing. So. But yeah, it's his game was. I, I thought he, he was doing what he needed to do, and and confidence is everything. I mean, it's it's amazing, and I think we've all talked about it, and I've heard people talk about when your star players lose it. You know, they're we're seeing the fact that they're they are a little bit human. Uh, we're not used to seeing this, and I've I've been in that situation where I haven't been confident, and yeah. it feels like I got someone else's stick and someone else's skates and. It's it's a bad feeling, and, and there's no other way to get out of it than just sheer grinding work. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I really felt that was the turning point yesterday, the way McDavid started and, and how, you know, the Oilers started the game in general. I thought this was going to be a turning point for sure. Well, the their inability to hold on to leads right now is killing them. Last season, they scored first 44 times. And lost in regulation eight. They went 32, eight, and four. This year, they've scored first 11 times, which is good. That's fourth most in the NHL. They've already lost six times in regulation. Think about that. Six out of 11 when it was eight out of 44 last year. Like, that is a massive number that... And you like scoring first, the other team now, usually they open up a little bit. They're chasing. You can take advantage of them. And the Oilers haven't been able to do that. And then they continually shoot themselves in the foot with their, their, their unwilling. And I'll say, cause I don't even think it's an ability. I think it's their unwillingness to play sound defensive hockey, right? Cause to me, that's a, it's a commitment. It's hard. You played, right? You, it's not easy to make the safe right play all the time. It's not, it's not easy. It's just to play defense. Everyone loves offense. Who doesn't love offense? <laughs> yeah. We all have the energy and the excitement and enthusiasm for offense. It's like you said, it's it, defense is nothing sexy about defending and getting dirty and grinding and mucking. And that's where they're lacking right now. I mean, yeah, they did have a couple bad breaks there when Ekholm tried to, to get it down. I mean, if he gets that down, it looked like he was going when I watched the clip the video again, it looked like he was going down to uh, Drysaddle at the far blue line, right? It doesn't get down there, hits Hyman in yeah. the back, all of a sudden, boom, the puck's in the back of the net. But, I mean, if you look, what, 10 seconds before that, when the puck was dumped into Bouchard's corner there, right? Just that puck retrieval, that intensity and the ability to get back to that puck and make that play, he makes that play and doesn't get stripped. They're probably out of their zone, right? Gets stripped, all of a sudden, it's a little bit of chaotic, a little bit of bad luck. Boom, the puck's in the back of the net, right? Penalty kill, you don't get a big kill. 
um, you know, they wind up getting one and then they get a little, bo- little bit of momentum, a little bit of, you know, traction and, and they just weren't able to, to measure that. But you know what? Watching the game, at least they, to me, I, it wasn't great for the fact that you gave up two goals, but the fact I, I felt it was an ent- entertaining game. It oh yeah. A, it was a t- two teams that were kind of invested emotionally, physically. Kane had an outstanding game. Like he was physical. He was mean. He was nasty. Um, so there, I, to me, there was lots to build off of that. The only thing that I would, the only thing that I seen that I was like, man, I'd like to see more of is that I, I felt like they were reacting a little bit more to how Florida was playing. Yes, fair right? enough. You look at DeHarnay's fight. Well, yeah. that, r- great job. That's what he should have did, right? But who provoked that? The guy that, you know, the guy got yeah, in there, gave they him a shot. They were reacting, not initiating. Exactly. So, I mean, I'll take that game. The only thing I would change is be like, hey, let's go after them. And Florida, you know, give them credit. They're, they've been playing well. They... They have a little bit. They had a great run last year. They got two guys on their team that are going to drag you into that anyway. Sam Bennett and and Kachuk, like they're going to. Yeah. That's their style. Although Kachuk, Kane does neuter him more than most players. There's like you see Kachuk, he takes a cheap shot uh, on the like whenever the minute Kane's on the ice, Kachuk does nothing. It's funny. It's you know why? Because he has that. He has that it factor. He doesn't care. Yeah, no, right? He like he, I don't think he cares whether it's him, a top goal scorer. He might go after, right? And that's, that's a credit to him. That's why yeah. he's so valuable. And when he's playing the way he's playing as of late, I mean, who doesn't want that guy on your team? And who doesn't want that unpredictability? And like you said, Kachuk knows, like, hey, you know what? This guy might swap me. Well, it changes his game. That, you know, the game is never going to be what it was five years ago, 10 years ago. But that part of the game will always be there. Yeah. Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440 Live and Orders Nation YouTube. Uh, when we return, Bill Waters is going to join. Did you know he was the second overall pick in the CFL uh, entry draft? I didn't know that. I no? was, I was, look, well, I looked it up yes, yesterday, obviously. And, uh, also, of course, uh, former uh, NHL assistant general manager, uh, he's a wrestling star. Uh, we're going to talk to him about his career in sports, but also, uh, in management and the challenges of uh, management in the NHL next on the Gregor Show on Sports 1440. We well, roll through a busy Tuesday. How are you, Jason Gregor? Sean Brown on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. As we get to our big guest of the day, brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. They're in action uh, tonight in Drayton Valley. So if you got that hockey itch, there's no NHL. Get out to Drayton Valley, watch the Thunder and the Saints. And then Friday night, they'll get your tickets, sprucegrovesaints.ca. They are home at the Grant Fear Arena, taking on Calgary. That's a great AJHL action at sprucegrovesaints.ca. And our uh, big guest, uh, he was the second overall selection. In the uh, 1964 uh, CFL draft, uh, also was a star wrestler and went on to be the assistant general manager of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and then spent uh, many years in broadcasting as well. Bill Waters joins us. Bill, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Connor. And uh, before we proceed, I just want to congratulate you on the play of your nephew. I've... uh I like the way he plays for that team, and when it's ready to play, he's going to be playing for them. Well, uh, he plays the style that they're if they're going to if they want to play in the playoffs, just let them play. 
Well, Bill, uh, I taught him nothing other than uh, how to uh, dominate in Galaga. But um, uh, no, I did teach him a few break, uh, breakaway moves as a kid. But no, it's uh, it's a lot of fun watching them. I love that the games are on earlier, so I'm not staying up uh, till those uh, 8:30 uh, San oh, yeah, Jose starts. So. Being on the West Coast watching games. Oh God, it's unreal! I, I love it. Yeah. Um, so, Bill, let's get to a few. First of all, I'll be honest. Um, I'm doing some research. I, I, I didn't know you were a second overall pick in the in the CFL draft back in the uh, in the '60s. Uh, oh, yeah, t- and I was only a kid. I mean, I, yeah. I, I was just I just turned 19. Yeah, young buck and, back uh, then. And yeah. Now you had a knee injury, correct? That kind of cut your career yeah, short. I hurt my knee playing hockey that year, and I don't use that as an excuse. But uh, I ended up, I couldn't use it the way I did before, and uh, the uh, Argos uh, missed the uh, uh, diagnosis, and that's the end of it. Not a sad story, because I, I, I had a wonderful time. I uh, got an education at the University of Toronto for four years, and football being a big part of it, and uh, I... Uh, I, I consider myself fortunate to the, have done what I've done in sports without playing in the NHL, which I would have loved to have a kid, as you know. Is, and that's why it's nice to see when you've got a, a cousin in the game. It's a long way to get from uh, minor hockey to play, and uh, I was never even close, to be quite honest with you. But I could play the game. Yeah. Now, yeah, you might be a teacher. You're also a player agent, and then you went into man. We've seen a few of that. Obviously, uh, the order's new uh, CEO, Jeff Jackson, player agent. Uh, he was an assistant GM at, uh, in Toronto as well. Now the CEO of the order. I want to talk about what was it about being a player agent that you feel helped you when you got into management in the NHL? Well, you were you were a part of uh, if your player was unhappy or if he was not playing as well as he could hope or not, uh, not, it was an uncomfortable place to play, your agent's job was to pro- procure some form of movement and uh, not to uh, pretend that he knew anything more about hockey than the agent, or pardon me, than the general manager, because that was the guy that was going to move him. So I, I spent a lot of time... Uh, trying to keep my players happy if they weren't doing as well as they'd hoped in certain areas. Jeff Jackson was a kid that uh, I represented and turned him pro when he went with uh, Quebec. And uh, I've, uh, I've always had a good relationship with JJ, as they call him now. But uh, he's a bright young boy who uh, went to law school after hockey, and uh, that's called a commitment. And he'll, he'll make that team, he'll turn that team around. Bill, uh, I'm obviously excited to have you on here. I, I have to give a shout out to our close friend, uh, Mr. Peters, Jim Peters, who I'm best friends with. Um, that's how this all kind of came about. Um, so yeah, being a big Toronto Maple Leaf fan, and there was lots of things that you did for me, um, probably not even knowing. But one of the one of the the bright spots of my life was the fact that you gave us tickets to go watch <laughs> the WWF at. Uh, Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens, and oh, yeah. I watched... Oh, there's uh, not, there's nothing Red Dog, or Jim Peters, as you call him, <laughs> would turn down that's free. I can tell you that. <laughs> you I'm know glad, him well, too. And I'm glad you enjoyed it, Brownie, because you're a good boy. Awesome. Now I had a great wow. time watching Hulk Hogan and uh, King Kong Bundy go at it. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I, I never... I, I wrestled, uh, you know, intercollegiately, and uh, that's not quite the show that uh, you get from the WWE, which it used to be called, I guess. But uh, I was, uh, 
One of my great sports thrills, if you can believe this, I, my freshman year, uh, the coach of the wrestling team, his name is Jack Amos, he said to me at the, uh, at the gym one day, he said, I want you to come out and uh, wrestle off for my heavyweight. I was about 215 at that time. And I said, oh, okay, fine. So I practiced and I worked and I, all of a sudden I made the team. Well, now we're having the intercollegiate championships, and at that time there were nine classifications, and our team was the best team except for the stiff that was the heavyweight, the rookie. So we go through eight boats. Guess who won them all? University of Toronto. So now it's my turn to try and sweep it for the club, and the guy who was the heavyweight champ the year before, his name was Brent Mundy, and he's now a doctor and a wonderful guy. And anyway, he was toying with me, spinning around on my back, and I got him. I locked his arm on the far side, threw him down on the mat, and waited. And I mean, it was a long wait. But I held on and won the match. And my teammates went nuts because they didn't think I'd even get off the mat at the end. So winning that and being a part of a wrestling team that won all the championships in the uh, in the final championship uh, match uh, was uh, was, a, was a big thrill for me, and I I I, I won the silver medal three years in a row, uh, but I never was able to make, win the championship. So that shows you how good I was. I was second best. <laughs> oh, interesting. Being in Toronto, being a GM, and knowing what the media is like in Toronto, and kind of watching the Oilers as you know. They're they're having their struggles right now, and watching the guys being interviewed after the game, it's it's obviously a challenge and painful for for both sides. Can you tell us what or tell me what it's like being in Toronto? Um, you know, coming from knowing what it's like, how passionate we all are as Toronto Maple Leaf fans. What, what's it like from a from your point of view? Well, it's a, it's a tough business. Uh, you played the game, Brownie. You don't have to be told how difficult it is to play. And you should never lose sight of the fact of how talented a professional athlete is, no matter what sport. But in hockey, he's really talented. And I feel badly for the Oilers. I watched them last night play Florida. And they didn't get a lot of breaks. Florida's playing as well as they have all year. And I I just think that uh, Connor McDavid is playing injured. And they're going to have to play through that because uh, Connor uh, isn't coming forth with any information. But you see, when you create expectations, like we all do, and like Edmonton as a club, whether it's uh, the general manager or whether it's uh, whoever they've got there, I don't know uh, who's left, but if you create the expectation that you're going to win the Stanley Cup, Starting this way just doubles down on you, and that's what's hurting them a lot. They they know they're better. They know they should be better, and to your point, you think they will be better. So do a lot of people, including me. But they're not going to be the team they wear until Connor McDavid can play without an encumbrance, and only he knows that. So once he gets healthy, starts to play the way he can, then the, the Oilers, they've got one major problem that uh, I don't, and, and I like Skinner as a kid, and I don't know him, but I know Jack Campbell is not the answer, and uh, their goaltending has been 
it's just not been NHL caliber. And that, that to me, is what their major problem is. And uh, if they haven't got Big David going full tilt, then they're really in a hole. I don't think it's over by any stretch for Edmonton. I think they've got the, uh, the players that can play. There's a lot of them that I like, and, and uh, uh, they've, they've shown it before. I think it's just – I really think that uh, once McDavid gets his act in gear, they'll, they'll start humming. Bill Waters joins us, um, former uh, second overall pick in the CFL, uh, Maple Leafs uh, assistant GM. I want to get to that, you know, Bill, when you look at uh, your career in management and, uh, you know, when, when you get it, like, it's hard. Like, everybody makes decisions. I don't know any GM out there that every trade or every draft pick has worked out and everything's great. Uh, you know, there's it's hard, especially at drafts, to predict what they're going to be like. But even in trades, we've seen lots of good GMs, assistant GMs, make a trade at the time. They're like, yeah, this is really going to work out. And then, man, a few years later, they're like, oh, my goodness that did not come close to what i thought how do you you know like how quick do you have to forget about that when you make a bad move and not have it kind of like limit you from making another decision right because no one's going to make every decision right how was that challenge and do you remember the first time as your group where maybe you made a move that you loved and maybe a maybe you don't want to get too cocky but then b a move you didn't like and you're like okay we can't let that hinder us from making another move well, you, you've got some you've got some uh, area of time that you can save your reputation because when you're drafting 18 year olds, you've got to wait for a developmental phase to uh, show you the player that uh, you, you wanted and, and uh, you thought you were getting. And uh, if you don't know it, then uh, by the time he's 22 and he's still not playing well, you'll find it out pretty soon because you'll probably lose your job. And it's a very difficult job to keep. Uh, it's uh, it, like the situation in Edmonton is tough for the management. Kenny Holland has done everything he can uh, except get a goalie. And he knows. Kenny, Kenny's forgotten about the, uh, the, more about this game than I'll ever know. But he knows what his problem is. His failure to put a goaltender of NHL caliber between the pipes. Because who knows? What would have happened when they played uh, Las Vegas or when they played Colorado if they'd had a goalie in the net that can win some games for you, not just survive? And goaltender is uh, 70% of your team if you have a good one, and he's 100% of your team if you have a bad one. So you have to, you have to accept the fact that as general manager, you have failed to uh, put in place the players that are necessary to win, particularly when uh, you've got the players that you, you have up front on that on that honor team, I, I'm, I'm I'm mystified. I I just hope that it's it's only an injury to Con- Connor that's that's holding them back because there's no other reason for it, and their defense has been questionable too. And when that's combined with bad goaltending, you just don't get it. You you. And the media, as, as much as they antagonize players, they also have a job to do, and they have an honesty to emote, and they must tell the fans who read their stuff and or watch them on TV what the truth is. And uh, they can't be biased. They can't say, oh, no, the goalies are good. What are you, you worried about the goalies? The goalies aren't good. And Skinner might be good, but the other guy's not good. He was in Toronto. I watched him. So 
So, and I'm not holding that against Jack Campbell. He's just not. He's simply not good. He, he played for nine years without playing a game in the NHL. And he was a first-round pick, 11th overall by the Dallas Stars. I mean, have a closer look. But that, you see, that's all retrospective analysis, and that's the best tool you can have if you want to be a hockey executive as long as people believe what you're saying because if you're telling them the stories that might have happened, they don't listen very long. Bill, can you take me through when you were a GM? Obviously, you, you fired coaches and trade play, traded players. <clears throat> you know, when when you did that, w- w- did you ever consult with you know players or who, how to take me through a process like that? Well, the one year, like when we had um, our lab, Pat Quinn coaching. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Pat uh, Burns coaching. They were good coaches. And after we changed coaches, Corson and uh, Gary Roberts were available. I knew their cl- their agent because he worked for me uh, and he was my partner. So I spent when the draft, when the free agency season opened, I had two in the bag. I had to convince Pat that we had room for both, financially and personally. And so we ended up getting Corson and Roberts and probably should have won that year. Uh, We had a good goaltender in Curtis Joseph. We had a good, very strong defense, and we had good balance. And that was, you know, I was proud of that because I didn't do it on my own. I mean, I worked for Pat Quinn, so... If I had any ideas or any thoughts about the team, they go to Pat before they go anywhere else. So don't uh, mistake what I'm saying. But that was a year that we had a really good hockey team. And you know why? Because we were tougher than nails. We were as tough, and we weren't like goofy tough. We were tough. You'd go into a – I remember going into – Carolina and a good friend of mine and still is, is Jim Rutherford and he was a GM in Carolina and uh, his father and mother always came down to the games from, from Beaton, Ontario and so we beat them 7-1 and I was coming down from the press box and John who was a good friend of mine was waiting at the bottom of the stairs I thought what the hell did I do wrong John says you're really happy you're really proud of yourself aren't you it was like it was like a kid's team getting beaten by a man's team, but that team could play with anybody, and depending on what the circumstances were, how much good luck was on your side, we could have beaten anybody with the outfit that we had that year. And, and I was, I, I, I know that Roberts and Corson, we beat Ottawa again. I mean, we just beat Ottawa like it was slapping them around, and they were killing penalties, and they were, they were doing all the things that you have to do when you get into the second, third, and fourth round of the playoffs. And that's why I was, you know, we were all disappointed because we thought we could win. We didn't win. We didn't blame anybody but ourselves, but we didn't win. And if you're going to win, you've got to get the type of player that's going to play hard for you. You've got a couple of them on, uh, on, on uh, Edmonton. I'd like to see the big boxer do a little bit more. I think he'd be one of those players. And those kind of guys show up. They play tough, and they play to win. And there's no question that your two top forwards are two of the best in the league. And they know how to win. 
one's bigger than the other, but they're both very talented. And if there was a goaltender fall out of the sky and he fell into Edmonton and uh, with him was a, a defenseman under his arm, Edmonton would be back in the, in the Stanley Cup Finals. Well, Bill, Oiler fans hope you're right because right now there's not a lot of excitement in Oilerville. Uh, you know, they got to get a goaltender, which is uh, priority number one. They got to make a move here. I don't, Ken Holland. I know that their trades are hard to make in November, but so what? They they can't sit around and wait. You wait too much longer. The hole's too deep. I don't think they can dig out of it. So uh, I'm fascinated. Yeah, they're still losing. Yes, and, uh, I was disappointed for the coaches. I thought it was quite premature. I, I didn't I didn't like that. Because you, you, when you leave uh, the, the two coaches or the head coach uh, without a goalie, he pretty well left them on an island. And, and if they don't do anything about it, they've even em- emphasized that more. That's why I was not in my business, but I just thought there's more things to change than the coaches there. Oh, yeah. And I, th- I think the new coach uh, will do a great job. He always has. Bill, really appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much. Have yourself an awesome day. I shall, and thanks for having me. And look after Brownie. Make sure you keep him on the straight and narrow. He's a wild man when he gets going. <laughs> no, I know. I know. It's hard to pin him down. We appreciate it. That's uh, Bill Waters, former uh, second overall pick in the uh, CFL entry draft, also assistant GM of the Maple Leafs, was a player agent, uh, teacher, broadcaster. Pretty good career. Uh, 347, we'll come back. We got a lot of text to get to the text line at 833-401-1440 is uh, heating up, courtesy of Jiffy Loop. 350. How are you? Welcome back to the Gregor Show. Sports 1440 live in Orders Nation uh, YouTube presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Got a lot of text flying in. Hey, Gregor, respect your opinion. Love your honesty. With that in mind, do you think the oil will make it to the dance this year from uh, Justin? It's <sighs> a good question, Justin. Um, well, at the start of the year, I picked him to make the playoffs. I uh, I thought even at a bad start, and even now, if you look at it, like Seattle's played three more games than them. Now you got to even if you only win one or two of those games in hand, you're moving closer to Seattle, who's currently in the uh, second wild card spot. Um, I would say I still believe it because I don't think any of the teams in the wild card are that dominant. I don't think St. Louis is dominant. I don't think Arizona is dominant. I don't think uh, Seattle is going to be a team like last year. Good for them. But I, I don't think that they're just like, oh, my God, guaranteed locked and loaded uh, team. They lost a lot uh, from their squad last year. Calgary uh, is getting better, but obviously, you know, they're not a loaded team. But uh, Huberto's woken up, you know, that, so that's obviously going to help them. I still think Edmonton and Calgary can make the playoffs, right? Minnesota is, and they got a lot of things wrong with their team right now. And I do, and I said it last year, I was... So thoroughly impressed that they were able to compete as well as they did with essentially $15 million in dead cap space. But I thought that would be hard to repeat. So, yeah, I, I would say I'm not nearly as confident as I was at the start of the season that the Oilers make the playoffs. No chance. I would put them probably like a maybe a 55, 60% now. But I will say this looking at their schedule, the Oilers have five games before they get a six-day break. And in that six-day break, that's going to be when the coaching staff will be able to really put their fingerprints on this team. And we will see if Paul Coffey and Chris Knobloch can drill it into the thick skulls of the players who have shown an unwillingness to commit consistently to play sound defensive hockey. Now, the management's got to do their job, get a goalie. No question about that. 
I, I think the offense, they have enough that it will come. Connor McDavid, it's crazy to me. Like I, I wish I would have had the, the timer to see his speed to create the penalty shot compared to where it was three games ago. Like he confidence, I believe, is a massive factor in pro sports. And even the greatest player on the planet looked like he might have been questioning his, you know, lacking a little bit of confidence. Because once he scored that goal, look at how quick he was the rest of the game. Look at his look at his shot on the penalty kill. He hasn't shot with that authority, that confidence, head up, dude, dude. Didn't even break stride. Goalie had no chance. Goalie didn't even move. I hadn't seen that from McDavid. So if uh, if he comes back and like I just can't think that Leon Dreisaitl is going to continue to shoot blanks at the rate he's shooting blanks. Right? Like, I just, he's too good. Like, you don't be the second lead scorer for five years. It's not like this is a guy who had a one year thing. This was a five year run of being the second most productive player in the NHL, second most goals over a five year span in the entire league. You don't just lose that overnight. But we've seen good players have down years. Now, Drysaddle's point production actually isn't bad, but his goal-scoring production is way down lately. So I think that could help them get back. I don't think – I think they're going to be a wild-card team. That's the best-case scenario right now for the Edmonton owners. But that six-game homestand to start December, I think, honestly, by December 15th, we'll know for sure. Because if they can't figure it out then after the coaches have had five days, Brownie, they're not figuring it out. Yeah, those guys are just – they're too good. I think, if anything, we all know that they're a playoff team – I think we were just hoping that they were going to finish in the standings where they would get the easiest easiest path to get there, right? So um, there's no way that McDavid and Dreisaitl, it's just a matter of time before those two players, and everyone else, to be honest with you, and you made a very good point, you know, that little bit of a break mentally to get away from it for the coaches to kind of get their, their hands on them and, and do some actual coaching and have some practice time I mean, we all know the schedule doesn't really allow guys to get or teams to get on the ice and and do a whole lot. So much is done through video when obviously, you know, to get any type of return, you got to be on the ice actually doing it to get those actual reads and those scenarios. So um, I I believe that they're going to they're going to get in. I was just hoping they were going to get in a way that they would get some matchups that would kind of make it easy for them to make somewhat of a playoff uh, run push. Um, Yeah. Hey, guys, any thought on supplementary discipline on the trip on McDavid? The guy was beaten no chance. Drysdale got a max fine for a trip that didn't look good but wasn't going to injure anyone. The one last night, dangerous. Rob. Well, Rob, I don't think you can compare the two. Leon Drysdale with a cross check to the inside of a guy's knee going down on his leg to a guy who trips guy in a breakaway? No. I don't. Um, I don't there, there's no supplementary discipline. Uh, to me, it's not, uh, it's not close. Um, can we talk about one thing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gager. Joaquin Gage. Well, sending, we're, ta- sending, we're talking about goaltenders? <laughs> yeah. Sending a text to you <laughs> to get to me. Yeah, I did about, like that. Yeah, about yeah. Yeah, your frugalness. <laughs> and he was one of the guys that was attacking me when I was younger. But there was no one more often than Joaquin Gage. He had a habit. Every time the bill would come. Oh. Yeah, he's that guy. He was the ghost? He, he was the guy that just what? always had to go to the washroom. Oh. But, oh, it never failed. Really? Yeah. So did you guys ever leave him with the bill once? Just say, oh, yeah, he'll be right back. That's too good of a guy. Oh. He was my, he's, he's my guy. That's, that's what's surprising for me is that he's attacking me oh. through you to get to me. 
And now I got to now I got to go after him. Gager getting up to Oh, I got to go. I'll be right back when the bill comes around. Like that's oh, a venture move it, one time. After that it be that's border shady. Yeah. Well, not border, it's pretty shady. I I remember I took a little bit of heat too coming out of junior. I admit I didn't have the best wardrobe. <laughs> once again, I had no money. Right? I get to the NHL and I got my Moore suit, which I was just happy I had a suit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, uh, what are you wearing? And I was like, a suit, Moors? Like, what? And he looked at it, and I remember he was like, you can't, you can't wear that. And I was like, okay, you got to wear ball. You got to wear something. You know, let's so get, did you go get let's a new get, suit? Yeah, so I went out, and I got a nice suit. Well, I was like, I never did check his suit. Well, when I checked his <laughs> suit, I had a boss suit by that time. I checked his suit. It was like, Boza. I'm like, what is Boza? So, oh. well, hey, just it's all about did to get it fitted properly. That's the key. Yeah. Hey, because an ill-fitting yeah. suit, man, you could have a Hugo Boss suit if it's not fitting properly. That's true. Right? You got the, yeah. you know, it's flaring out at the bottom. <laughs> right? Right? Uh, Gager, well, Gager always said, didn't he have to get shoulder pads put in his suit? <laughs> Wasn't that the story? I thought he was. I thought, you know, maybe yeah. Stratty, Stratty's coming up the next hour. Maybe you can confirm that. But I thought that the, that he had to get like shoulder implants in his suit. You know what? He might have. He did have some broad shoulders, and yeah, it, that's, it probably wouldn't have hurt him with those brook trout shoulders. He's now. Got. Did Gager did Gager ever get in a goalie scrap when he was your teammate? Uh, no, I don't. No, he didn't. I don't. He didn't have to. We had a tough enough team. <laughs> he didn't have to do that. Gager was. You know what? I'll, Gager just did his thing. Right? He stopped pucks. Um, you know, he wasn't. We actually had a guy on our team that was actually. A little bit more engaging vocally uh, in that, and I think the Oilers fans will remember. I think he spent some time up with the Oilers, Steve Passmore. Yeah, he was a guy that a little bit more showy, you know, got more involved in chirpy and you know get into the scrums a little bit. But Gager kind of Gager just did his thing. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a pretty witty guy. Uh, hey guys, I see lots of the Rumbly Sir Valley's talking about maybe uh, Blackwood out of San Jose. Well, we discussed uh, Blackwood yesterday on the show. And uh, he's got a 2.35 cap hit. And, you know, they're saying San Jose is in a complete rebuild. Uh, they're looking for first rounders. Uh, as I said yesterday on the show, if there was any way to convince Mike Greer to take Jack Campbell and a first for Mackenzie Blackwood, like the trade would be done. I honestly believe the trade would be done yesterday. I, I, I don't believe that like that's an offer that, San Jose would look at. I think they would look to say because basically you're just getting the first to take Campbell. You got to give something more to get Blackwood. So what else are you going to add to the deal? I'll say this. The Sharks have nothing, very little in their pipeline. So would you be willing to to give up a you know a Borgo? It's a former first rounder. Might have no choice. Now that's a lot just to get rid of the Jack Campbell contract. Right? But if because if you get rid of Jack Campbell's contract, that's five mil. Blackwood is 2.3. That saves you 2.7. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? 
we wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 7 million cap space? Are you kidding me? You you do that to, you do that all day even if even if it's a first and bore go. I hate that like the orders are in such a tough spot. I would actually do that. I would do Campbell a first and Borgo for Blackwood if they're willing to retain all the money. I'm sorry, uh, the orders don't have to retain any money is what I mean. So, you know, in a heartbeat, I would do that. I, even then, I'm not sold that San Jose would do it. Because that's a lot of money. And you've got to go convince the owner, okay, we're getting a, a first rounder in Borgo and we're getting another first rounder. But by the way, you're going to have to pay 13.5 million bucks. Well, plus what he's owed this year. So it's actually because he's owed five this year. So, man, it's even more. And it's like closer to 16. <laughs> it's a lot of money. So, yeah. I, now, they have one of the richest owners in in, uh, in the NHL. So maybe he doesn't care. But lots of guys who make money, they don't like to just give it away. Right. Mike's a pretty sharp guy. And, and you know what? Maybe is it a different conversation if Skinner has a better start and is in a better situation. I mean, he's not, his game isn't anywhere near. But you need two goalies either way. Like even if Stuart Skinner's playing decent, the way Jack Campbell's gone, they need another goalie here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but I don't think anyone's taking, no one's taking that problem. In Jack Campbell. Well, yeah. but it happens. Teams always do it. They took Cal Peterson, right? Yeah. T- teams will do it, but you got to pay the price to make it happen. So, um, and the orders, like retaining salary on Campbell, like to get rid of the now. I guess if you retained a million, then you're getting then it's three point three between uh, Blackwood and the million on Campbell, still better than five. So maybe that's you know something you have to look at. But man, Ken Holland, you're the GM. You can tell me all you want. The trades are hard. That's not an excuse at this point. It's not an excuse. You have to get something done. It's just that simple. Everybody knows what's going on with your team right now. The organization, if you're sticking to your plan and your plan was we're right in, we're in the window, well, then get in the window. And if that means a little bit sacrificing more of the future, then you do it. You have no choice at this point. I don't think now's the time to pull back. You're, you're pot committed, Brownie. You're all in. You're all in. So you got to go for it if you're Ken Holland. You have no choice. Like you, you made a mistake. The Jack Campbell contract has not worked out. I think that's painfully obvious. And I don't believe it's going to recover. So guess what? Pitter patter, get at her. Did you double down yesterday on your hair with your bet with No, no, God, no, 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 no. I, I, I just said, like, I was that confident that I if I was ever going to do a stupid bet again, that would be the one where I'd say, Hey, he's he I don't think he plays again for the Empton Orders. Do you? Yeah, it's I don't think they can wait. It's gonna be at least a month. Best case scenario that he finds his game. A month. Yeah. They can't wait a month. Does your opinion change if he had a better start down in the American Hockey League? Like if he went down there and played well for three games? Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. But 
I'm talking about realities, not what ifs. Yeah. Like there, there's nothing because I'm not like they're on a break here now. I think they got one game in ten days. I'm not giving them that start. Like I owe Olivier Rodri the opportunity to play some games. Like Jack, you can go practice for as long as you want, and we'll see. But like, I'm sorry. I, I think the at best Brownie, at best he's an okay backup. That's the best case scenario right now. The ship has sailed on him being your starter, and he's paying him five million bucks. So to me, you're you're just. You're the guy who you and your girlfriend have broke up, and then, oh, it's two weeks later. Oh, let's get back together. Oh, we're going to try it again. Oh, yeah, you know what? She has nice eyes, and oh, she's a great kisser. Yeah, forgot that she's a nut bar, or vice versa. He's a nut bar, right? It always resurfaces. So if you're looking only at, well, what if Jack Campbell does this? Well, what if? It's the old adage, right? Right? If my uncle, if my aunt had nuts, it'd be my uncle. Well, it's not the case. So it ain't changing. The Jack Campbell train is not coming back to Edmonton. It makes no sense. The $5 million cap, you can't fix it. So find the best possible deal to get out of it and move on. I agree. I, I agree with you that they might, they need a goalie, but if they play collectively better defensively and we get our stars going, I, I think Stuart Skinner's a goalie. Okay, but you need another goalie. He can't. Stuart Skinner yeah. can't play every game. He can't. No one. You need two goalies. And and Stuart Skinner. So Calvin Stuart Pickard Skinner, off of yesterday's game is just done. Yeah, but wow, dude, he's played nineteen. Like, are you gonna you're gonna bank your season on going to the Cup on a journeyman who's played nineteen starts in seven years? And by the way, Stuart Skinner, as much as everybody loves him, he has an eight seventy three save percentage on the season. How do we know for sure that? And I get that part of that's due to the team defense. I get it. But still, lots of it's due to him. He has one of the worst expected save percentages. So I, I can't rely just on Skinner coming back. I said, hey, yeah, they beat Seattle and the Islanders, two of the worst offensive teams in the league. I said, tell me how they look like against a good offensive team. And now we've seen the answer. So um, it doesn't mean they can't beat Carolina. It's going to be very hard. But they need another goalie. It's painfully obvious. And the longer they wait, I'm not saying they're not trying, but I don't care. Try harder. If you have to lose the trade on paper, then lose it to make your team better on the ice. That's what would be my strategy. Quick break. Uh, we'll come back. Sports 1440. Gregor Brown, Connor Halley after Sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. The Road Ready Sales event is on right now where you can get select tires to $225 off plus an extra $50 bonus when you book any service. Right now at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions apply. 